This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Bob Lauder, Johnny. Trite State Guarantee. Hiya, Bob. Been a long time. Uh, I wish it were a longer time. Uh, nothing personal in that, is there? No, no, just bad temper. I'm on the prod, Johnny. We had a pearl necklace swipe. This got me irritated. Does the same thing to an oyster, the way I hear. Yeah, but in reverse. If an oyster gets irritated, he makes a pearl. I lose a pearl, I get irritated. Right now, I'm irritated 38 pearls worth. Say it, money. 20,000 clams. Ever hear of Smiley Prowl? Smiley Prowl. Oh, sure. Small-time jewel thief. Couple of raps. Haven't heard of him lately, though. Well, you're here now. He phoned us from Ohio an hour ago. Says he's got the necklace and wants to talk a deal. Who's your client? Girl named Melba Crane, a real snooty tooty, the way I get it. Owns a town or something. Anyhow, it's named after her family, Rainsburg, Ohio. Well, if I can find it on the map, I'll see about a plane reservation. Don't bother, Johnny. You already got one. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Cranesburg matter. Item one, $105.35, incidentals in Hartford and transportation to Cranesburg, Ohio. I checked into the hotel, the Crane Hotel, incidentally, and per instructions, waited for contact by one Smiley Prell, jewel thief. That Crane name was beginning to run out of my ears, so for the moment at least, I postponed calling on the family itself. As it happened, though, the family came to me, or at any rate, one of them did. Come in. My name is Phineas Crane. May I... Oh, sure, sure. Come on in, Mr. Crane. Thank you, sir. You're related to Miss Melba Crane? Melba is my niece. And the necklace belonged to her? That is correct. It was her own personal property, not a part of any family holding. Oh, I see. Well, sit down, won't you, Mr. Crane? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Just who constitutes the uh, family you mentioned? Well, as a matter of fact, Mr. Dollar, only Melba and myself now. We're the last remaining survivors. Oh, now I see you're unpacking, sir. Could you just go right ahead and forgive my intrusion? Well, yeah, you did catch me a little by surprise. I just got in town a few minutes ago, and I wasn't expecting business. Uh, Mr. Lauder of the insurance company wired that you were coming, and I was waiting here at the hotel. Oh? I understand the thief has approached you. 
Well, no, not me personally, no. He phoned the main office in Hartford, talked to Lauder. I see. I'll probably hear from him sometime this afternoon. Uh, now, you say he listed out. Are you certain the call was from a man? Lauder was certain. Do you have some reason to doubt it? Oh, no, no, no not at all. I, I just wondered. The name he gave is a known jewel thief. Several previous convictions. Smiley Prell. And the call was made from here in Cranesburg. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's very remarkable. Why so? Well, this is quite a small town, as you've no doubt noticed. Now, a stranger would draw attention. It'd be somewhat uh, conspicuous. Oh, not necessarily. Smiley may have come here some time ago to establish himself. You may even have met him, Mr. Crane. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm quite sure that I was utterly impossible. Did Lauder wire you a description? Uh, uh, no, of course not. Then how can you be so sure? Uh, well, I uh, I just haven't met any strangers in the last few months. Not a one. Oh, I see. Well, I am now at home. Can I uh, can I order you up something from the bar, Mr. Crane? Uh, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, I really have to run on. I only stopped in for a minute. Did you have anything special in mind? Oh, no, no, no nothing at all. I don't believe you, Mr. Crane. Uh, I beg your pardon? Well, I just don't believe you. Care for a cigarette? Oh, no, no. I never smoke. And I, uh, I must say, I fail to understand your implications. You understand I... it, all right. Mr. Dollar, I'm afraid... Now, what is it, Mr. Have... Crane? Is there something phony about the loss of that necklace? Certainly not. Then what's up? I merely came here to offer my help. And Melba's, too, of course. I wanted you to know that we'll be glad to cooperate fully in any action you may choose to take. That's very generous of you. And your niece. Well, uh, she's a very remarkable girl, Melvin. Oh? Yeah, she's a trifle headstrong at times, of course. Uh, not always inclined to use the best judgment. Uh-huh. How has she shown this lack of judgment, Mr. Crane? There's nothing specific at all, but I, I did want you... Uh, I did want to see you before you talk to her. Understand? And let you know kind of what to expect, as you might say. Well, naturally, she's very upset over the loss of her neck. I imagine. You don't have any hope, I suppose, of recovering it? Well, as a matter of fact, I have a lot of hope of recovering it. Possibly within 24 hours. Oh, well, then Mel would be very happy to hear that. It was an engagement gift, you understand, uh, from her fiancé, Dean Sellers, his name. Oh, she was quite broken up when it was stolen. Well, a $20,000 necklace is a pretty fair loss. Now, Mr. Crane... Oh, it's you... not the intrinsic value at all, Mr. Dunn. No, I suppose not, since that part of it is covered by the insurance. Well, yeah, oh, that's quite true. But I was referring to the sentimental attachment, you understand? Oh, naturally. And, of course, to the sheer beauty. Oh, it was lovely, Mr. But you've seen the necklace, I suppose. No, but I've got photographs of it. Oh, yes, of course, yes, from the insurance company. Yeah, it's quite an unusual ornament, with each pearl set individually in a platinum mounting. The whole thing is... Oh, pardon me. Johnny Dollar. This is you know who, Mr. Dollar. Is that all right to talk? Yeah, go ahead, shoot. All right. You know where the Green Lion Bar is? I'll find it. Well, meet me there, then, in an um, hour and a half. Sure. And I won't have it on me, Dollar, so don't go smarty pants on me, or you'll be holding the sack, you... I just want you and me, you understand? No cops, huh? I've been in this game a long time, Joe. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm counting on, so I'll see you later. That was the thief, I presume? So he says. Well, 
I've got to be running along now. If there's anything I can do... Well, you can finish what you were saying about your niece, if you will. Oh, no, no. It was nothing, really. Not at all. It's just that Melba is a bit too uh, impulsive at times. (laughs) Headstrong, you know. She's young, she's foolish, but she never means any actual harm by it. I... um, No, not really, she doesn't. Now, I'm sure you understand that, Mr. Dollar. A good day, sir. Item two, $26 even. Deposit and first day's rental on a hired car. I checked on the location of the Green Lion 15 minutes from the center of town, so there was plenty of time to follow up another angle before I went to meet Smiley Prell. I parked the car in front of the Cranesburg Bank, went inside and presented my credentials and a letter of introduction to Milton Forkley, president. Uh, step inside the office, Mr. Dollar. We'll have a little privacy at least. Thanks, Mr. Forkley. Uh, uh, have a seat. All right, thanks. Any any recommendation to Bob Lauders is good enough for me. They've handled a lot of investments for Tri-State. They're a fine company. Nice company to work for. Now, what can I do for you, Mr. Dollar? Oh, it's uh, just the usual routine check in cases of this kind. The general financial status of the Crane Bunch. You mean the Crane Chemical Company or the Crane family? Well, I assume the two went together. No, no, not for several years now. Melba's father sold the last of the family stock a while before his death. Neither Phineas nor Melba have one cent of ownership in the company. I see. Now, the company, of course, is in excellent financial condition. It's the uh, family we're concerned with. Well, the picture is a little different. The fact is that although they're the social leaders of the town and everybody figures they're rolling in it, the cranes are broke, flat broke. Have been for a couple of years now. But as I understand it, they live at quite a fancy estate out on the edge of town. Sure, and it's mortgaged to the hill. It's very interesting. Of course, uh, lately, old Phineas seems to be going around with a pocket full of money. I don't know where he got it. It is a funny thing. How lately? Since the necklace was stolen? Or before? Oh, long before two or three months. Uh, the robbery was only last week. Supposedly, at least. No, I see what you mean, but it's not the answer. Melba wore those pearls at the country club dance just a few days before they were taken. Well, it was an idea. I'll give you a piece of advice, Mr. Dollar. Have more than just an idea before you get too rough with Melba Crane or her uncle. Oh, yes, money or no money, they're still top society here. The local aristocrats. And the town kind of takes care of his own. Well, as I said, this is only routine. I don't have the slightest bit of evidence that the cranes are trying to pull an insurance swindle. But I get paid to be suspicious, that's all. <laughs> well, I've wondered myself where Phineas was getting the money. Any ideas about it? No, unless he's been borrowing from his prospective son-in-law. Dean Sellers? The lad who gave Miss Crane the pearls? Yes. How is he fixed financially? A man who can afford a $20,000 engagement gift? Yeah, we can assume he's eating regularly, I suppose. Well, actually, I don't know too much about him. He's an out-of-towner, came here about eight months ago. Doesn't bank with me. I see. But I will tell you one thing. If he doesn't have money now, he certainly will have before long. Uh, He's a go-getter, that boy. It must be. Here eight months and engaged to the town bell. Oh, he's a whirlwind. Keeps six or eight projects going all at once. For instance, real estate, business promotion, one thing and another. So busy, he even had to postpone the wedding. They were supposed to get hitched three weeks ago. Of course, I hear that that may be due to, uh, well, due to what? Mr. Dollar, this whole thing is odd enough just on the basis of facts. The rumors, I think we'll skip. I'm uh, sure you understand. (laughs) 
That was the second time I was supposed to, quote, understand, unquote. Phineas Train was sure I could understand about his niece. And banker Milton Borkley was equally certain about the rumors. As a matter of fact, I understood less about the whole thing than I did when I first got in town. I wasn't getting anywhere. I was losing ground. Item three, $1.40, two dry martinis in the Green Lion Bar while I waited for Smiley Prell. He was 20 minutes late, but he finally showed up, slipped into the back booth across from me. You, uh, your dollar? Right. Have a drink? No, no, some other time. I only got about one minute. All right. What's your price? No price, not now. Oh, look, Smiley, a minute is not long enough to do much bargaining. Well, I didn't come here to bargain. Well, I did. And we assume from the way you talked on the phone to Hartford, you felt the same way. Uh, just uh, keep your shirt on, chum. We'll, we'll make a deal all right, but uh, later. Not, not right now. Why not? Because something's come up. i got to get it straightened out. What? Never mind. Hey, look. You remember this address. 1412 North Oak Street, room 6. Huh? Boarding house. Now, you, you meet me there at 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, wait a minute. What's this all about? I haven't got time, chum. Don't worry. You'll get your beads back one way or another. What do you mean? I mean that somebody's trying to hand old Smiley a real quick shuffle. First class double cross. And I'm going to see to it that somebody gets it right in the neck. Who? Who's the somebody? Never mind. You just sit tight and meet me at 9 o'clock. And I think I'll be in a position to give you a lot more than just the necklace. You understand? Frankly, no. Well, you will. You're going to understand real good before you're through. So stick around, Dollar. our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, when somebody kisses the wrong somebody and somebody gets burnt up over it, and then a gun is found in the ashes, man, it's murder. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, John. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. I guess we were cut off, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, apparently. Now, who did you say you... name's Bartlett, J.D. Bartlett. You mean you work for Mr. Bartlett? I mean, I am Mr. Bartlett. I mean, Miss Bartlett. Oh, now you've got me all confused. You're confused. Look, Mr. Dollar, the only J.D. Bartlett in town is me. I'm him. Ever her, I mean. Now, you see what you've done. I'll never forgive myself. Well, anyway, I'm the Tri-State Guarantee Agent here in Cranesburg, and it seems the least you could have done was to look me up. Well, give me time. I just got in town. You had time to rush out there to that south side bar and start lushing it up. I came out here to this joint to talk to a jewel thief. You what? Jewel thief? It's the guy who phoned Hartford and offered to make a deal on the crane necklace. He claims he's the one who stole it, that for a slight consideration, I can get it back. And what do you think? I think I've walked in on the nuttiest case in the month of Sundays. Hey, look, he's waiting for me at the bar. Suppose I drop by later and... Are you sure J.D. Bartlett is a woman? You're the first man who ever doubted it. I'll see you later, Mr. Dollar. Tonight, 
And every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Cranesburg matter. Expense account continued. When I told her the case was nutty, I meant it. The start of it had been fairly ordinary. A pearl necklace insured for $20,000 had been stolen from a wall safe in the home of its owner local socialite, Melba Crane. Smiley Prell, a known small-time jewel thief, had phoned us, claiming to have the necklace, and Smiley offered to talk a deal. But before I'd been in town ten minutes, things began to crumble and change shape. Melba's feather-headed Uncle Phineas had called at my hotel to warn me that his niece was headstrong and impulsive. Or at least he said that was why he called. When I'd tagged a rumor that the aristocratic cranes were flat broke until recently... And now, at the Green Lion Inn, Smiley Prell, a burglar by admission, was turning skittish and climbing up. Look, Dollar, I got no time to talk now. Oh, relax, will you, Smiley? A man in your profession can't afford to develop a case of nerve. Oh, very funny, but I got to blow this joint. Now, I told you before you went to get that phone call, I got things to do. Yeah, I know what you told me. All right, then. Now, you meet me later at that place in time I told you about it. You try pushing me, you're never going to get them beats back. You ever think of that? I don't know where I am anyway. I told sure, you. I... and an hour before on the phone, you told me to meet you here and we talk a deal. All right, and so we will. We'll talk later. Hey, what's the matter with you? Dollar, how many times I got to tell you? Something's come up, and I, I got to get it straightened out. Like what, for instance? Well, never mind. It's none of your business. It's, it's like personal. So, uh, later, huh? You said you were being handed a double cross. Now, what kind of a double That's cross? That's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. Who did it? Who crossed you? Never mind who crossed me. It's only your business. Did you have a partner on this job? Oh, look, now, don't try to kid me. You checked my M.O. before you ever left Hartford. If you did, then you will. And you know I always work alone. Well, it can be a first time for anything. Look, I got no time to talk. you have somebody on the inside smiling? Hmm? Somebody in the crane house who tipped you off, briefed you? Yeah, you want to know too much. Is that where the double cross came from? Oh, I, I got nothing more to say. More? You haven't said anything yet. Well, you meet me tonight where I said two dollar at nine o'clock. You know something, and... Smiley? I don't think you've got it. Huh? What are you talking about? The necklace. I don't think you had anything to do with the robbery. I don't believe you've got it. Or that you've ever even seen it. You don't, huh? No. No, I think you're trying to pull a con of some kind. But it's not going to work. Um, a dollar... You know what the things look like? Yeah, I got photographs of them. All right, then check me out. There are 38 pearls, hmm? Yeah? And they're pink, match color, match size. And they're not pierced like they usually are. Each one's set in a, um, in a fitted platinum mount, and the mounts are fastened together with those, um, you know, those, those little links. What kind of a stone in the class? In the class? There ain't any stone in the... Hey, what are you trying to do? Okay, okay, all right, you've got it. Or at least you've seen it. So, how much do you want? Meet me tonight at 9 o'clock, and I'll tell you, 1412 North Oak Street, room 6, oh. and no cop. Not if you want them beats back, you understand? Not any more than I did when I walked in. 
Well, you will, so just keep your shirt on. Smiley, if you can talk tonight, you can talk now. There's no reason oh, to stall around. Oh, not pal. Now, look, I got things to do and not much time to do them in, so go find yourself a cool pad somewhere and simmer down, huh? So long, Doc. <laughs> Item 4, 275. I was stuck with the check, naturally. So I paid it and strolled toward the door. I stopped just outside in the entranceway to the roadhouse and watched Smiley cross the parking lot toward a tree-shaded taxi stand where a couple of waiting hacks had parked out of the sun. A few yards away from me stood another cab, this one occupied. I stepped out of the entrance and walked over to the taxi because I'd recognized the passenger in the back seat. Afternoon, Mr. Crane. Hello, Mr. What? Oh, I'm sorry if I startled you. Oh, no, not at all. No, I, I just didn't hear you walk up. Yeah, I, uh, I noticed you seemed pretty concerned with something across the lot. Across the lot, but I'm afraid I don't. It see wouldn't it. be that fellow getting into the taxi, would it? What, what fellow? I don't know what you mean, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I could be wrong. I hadn't even noticed the man, as a matter of fact. Oh, well, then of course you won't mind if we just stand here and watch him drive off. I, I really should get back into town. Good. I'm going that way myself. I've got a car here. Be glad to take it. But I've already engaged well, this driver. Well, off. We'll get going. Give us a chance to talk on the way in. You might as well, Mr. Crane. The other taxi is already out of sight. I hadn't noticed. All right. Very well. Here you are, driver. Keep the chain. Oh, thank you, sir. My car is over this way. I'm afraid there may be... A misunderstanding of some sort, Mr. Dollar. Oh. You seemed to be under the misapprehension that I was interested for some reason in, in that stranger who left. I said I could be wrong. And I can assure you that you are. Hey, here's the car. To the best of my knowledge, I have never seen the man before in my life. Well, there'll be days like that sometimes. Yeah. What's that? A colloquialism of the common man, Mr. Crane. What, uh, what were you doing out at the Green Lion, by the way, Mr. Crane? Well, I was just, uh, uh, killing time, were you? Well, as a matter of fact, sir, I was waiting to talk with you. You don't say. Yes, I was afraid I may have left a wrong impression when I talked with you at your hotel earlier today. In what way, Mr. Crane? But I mean... About my niece, Melba. Well, you said she was headstrong, impulsive. Oh, yes, but not a bit more so than any other normal, average girl, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I see. I don't really know why I considered it so important at the time. I, I must have been a little upset. Yeah, well, that's understandable. You don't have a jewel robbery in the family every day. In the family? I mean, stolen from the family. Well, right. <laughs> Apparently, we're both giving wrong impressions. Well, yes, I did say we are. I'm glad that everything is cleared up now. I wish it were. What's that? Nothing has been cleared up yet, as far as I can see. The necklace is still missing. Well, of course, that isn't what I meant. It's what I mean. It's the only reason I'm here in Cranesburg, to recover that necklace one way or another. Well, then, what do you mean by one way or another? Either by tagging the thief and getting it back through police action, or, if necessary, by making a deal. I just talked to the man who claims to be in possession of the pearls, as you know, of course, but he wasn't. I beg your pardon, sir, but I do not know, of course. Well, then let's say, may have guessed. You were in my hotel room when he phoned. You heard me arrange to meet him. I didn't really pay much attention to that phone call. All right. Anyway, 
When I flew in here from Hartford, I expected this to be a cut-and-dried matter of routine. I'd meet Prell, make a quick deal to get the pearls back, and catch the next plane out. Only it's apparently not going to be that way. What do you mean by that? I mean I've stumbled onto a whole nest full of question marks, and nothing seems to add up quite right. Prell, for one thing. I think he's got himself into a spot of some kind. His attitude doesn't make sense. And what else, Mr. Dollar? Little thing. Rumors I've picked up around town. Hints. And, of course, the biggest question mark seems to be right close to home. Which one is that? You, Mr. Crane. When I dropped him off at the center of town, he was still fumbling with vague phrases, trying to clear up the misapprehensions, as he put it, but actually saying nothing. He was sure, however, that I would understand. He was wrong. I didn't. Even my mistake about J.D. Bartlett, Tri-State's local agent, seemed to fit in with the rest of the mixed-up case. I'd assumed from the name that Bartlett was a man. But when I walked into the office a few minutes later, I was suddenly happy that I was wrong. Your dollar, I presume? That's right. Miss Bartlett. Just make it J.D. I've spent a lot of time and effort getting those initials pounded into the skulls of the local inhabitants. Why? Good for business. Makes me one of the boys, you might say. I kind of doubt it somehow. As you mentioned on the phone, you're, uh, unmistakable. <laughs> but that, I'm going to drop the dollar and call you Johnny. Pull up a chair. Yeah. Thanks, J.D. Did you get anywhere with that character who snatched the Queen's rocks? No. How come? Oh, he stalled. Postponed the whole deal until 9 o'clock tonight. Why? Ah, uh, he was nervous, I guess. Huh? Well, that's about the only reason I can figure between him and old Phineas Crane, I'm getting a little nervous myself. How did Phineas get into the act? Good question. Wish I had a good answer. Hey, what about these cranes, J.D.? What makes them tick? Beats me. Well, you sold them the insurance policy. You must know something about that. I didn't sell the policy. I just permitted it to be bought from me. How so? Melba Crane came snooting into the office one day, dropped the pearls under my plebeian nose, and wanted them insured. Why do you dislike her? She's a good-looking dame, and I'm pretty well-favored myself. That answer your question. Roughly, yes. So what happened? So I got Jim Markley, local jeweler, in here to appraise him, issued the policy. That was that. I understand that the necklace was an engagement gift from some newcomer in town. Yeah, Dean Sellers. She had him hooked for even got his bags unpacked. That skirt has the ethics of a boa constrictor, and about as much personality as a face painted on an egg. Somehow I don't feel I'm getting an unbiased opinion. You won't at this address. Why can't she climb down off her pedestal and play ball with the rest of it? The crane name, the crane tradition, the crane social position. The only thing they're not so high and mighty about is the crane bank account, because there isn't one. Yeah, except lately. As I understand it, old Phineas has been flashing money around pretty freely the last few months. Yeah, so I've heard. Don't ask me to explain it. I can't even explain Phineas. What do you mean? He's a rare one, that old boy. Old school tie, mouthful of mush, that sort of thing. But you know, if it was a matter of protecting the family name, I actually think he'd commit murder. Here's our star to tell you about Monday's intriguing episode of this continuing story. Monday, 
A thief stalls for time, an old man lies desperately, and a strange girl whispers the dread word, murder. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Melba Crane, Mr. Dollar. Oh, yes, Miss Crane. I phoned a little while ago, and your maid said you were out. She told me. Was there something you... You've had a $20,000 pearl necklace stolen. I thought you might want to talk about it. I have talked about it. The local police were quite thorough, Mr. Dollar. Well, let's say there have been some new developments. Like what? That's what I want to see you about. I suppose you want to come out here. Oh, thank you. Will a half hour from now be convenient? Couldn't we talk about this over the phone. If 45 minutes will be better for you, I'll be glad to cooperate. You seem to be a very persistent man. I usually get what I go after. Know something, Mr. Dollar? What? So do I. Oh, then this might turn out to be interesting. See you in a half hour. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cranesburg, Ohio to the Home Office Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Cranesburg matter. Expense account continued. Item, $20,000. The face value of the policy on a pearl necklace stolen one week ago from Miss Melba Crane. Young socialite, one of the last two surviving members of the town's most aristocratic family. And, according to her own statement, a girl who always got what she went after. Well, I'd almost got what I'd gone after. I'd at least made contact with Smiley Prell, the jewel thief who'd phoned Hartford and offered the deal. But that was all. Smiley had clammed up, started to stall, and implied the whole thing was blowing up at his face. And now, the victim herself was trying to stall. And on top of everything else, a storm was coming up. I left my hired car near the coach house and walked down a long arbor toward the entrance to the Crane Mansion. It had been quite an estate once, still was, but the buildings needed a touch of paint here and there, and the gardens needed a gardener, just a hint of wear and tear. It fit with what I'd learned at the bank. Though still tops in local society, Melba Crane and her Uncle Phineas were flat broke. I was reaching to ring the doorbell when I saw the couple in the sunroom. A man in a business suit and a girl in a maid's uniform. So busy with each other, they didn't even notice me at first. It was an intensely romantic scene, and I started to feel like a peeping Tom. The girl was still a little red-faced when she answered the door a few seconds later. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, my name is Johnny Dollar. I'd like to see Miss... Dollar, you're the investigator about the robbery. Lauder must have wired everybody in town. Oh. 
I'm sorry, sir. I, I didn't mean to blurt it out that Oh, way. I found it interesting. You know we're going to get a little wet if that rain starts. Oh, uh, won't you come in? Thanks. You'll uh, want to see Miss Crane, I imagine. Yes, I think she's expecting me. If you'll wait here, please. Oh, by the way, I, uh, I didn't interrupt you, I hope. Interrupt? I, I'll tell her you're here, Mr. Dollar. Thanks. Bye, honey. Uh, See you later. Oh, hello. You must be the insurance fellow. Did you get a wire to? A wire? Oh, no. Melba told me you were coming out. I'm a friend of the family, Mr. Dollar, Dean Sellers. How are you, Mr. Sellers? Melba and I are engaged, you know. Congratulations. Well, it's not recent. Yeah, I know. You're uh, hard to figure out. I'm a complete enigma, Mr. Sellers. I believe you're the chap who gave Miss Crane the necklace, right? Yes, it's an engagement present. Do you uh, have any lead on it yet? Nothing definite. I understood you'd been contacted by the thief who stole it. That's right. Well, then you... Well, I haven't have... actually seen the necklace yet, and until I do, I can't be positive this man ever, well, even has it. It wouldn't be the first time a professional jewel thief has tried to pull a swindle. I see. Uh, tell me something, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? Suppose you do get hold of the pearls. What happens to them then? Well, that depends. If Miss Crane's claim hasn't been paid at the time, they go to her. If it has been paid and she refuses to reopen negotiations, then we sell the necklace to recover our losses. And up till now, as I understand it, the claim hasn't been paid. That's right. I see. Well, I hope you get it back quick, then. The insurance won't cover the sentimental value. Sentimental value to whom, Mr. Sellers? <laughs> to both of us. Oh, I know. I uh, I saw you outside the sunroom there. Strictly unintentional. Uh, what I mean is appearances can be deceiving sometimes. I, I wouldn't want you to misunderstand. Oh, I think I understand perfectly, Mr. Sellers. Good. Whether Miss Crane would or not may be something else again. Oh, Melvin's very understanding. She must be. Well, I've got to run on. She'll be down in a minute. Uh, my office is in the Ridley building. Drop in if there's any way I can help. Thanks. I may just do that. Hello? Sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Dollar. Oh, that's all right. It, it gave me a chance to meet your fiancé. Oh, were you talking with Dean? We exchanged a few pleasantries. Is he a darling? Well... Of course, he's a little headstrong sometimes and impulsive. But he, but never, he never means any harm by it. How did you know? Oh, personal observation. And also, by an odd coincidence, that's exactly the way you were described to me. Oh, instead of beautiful, glamorous, seductive. I imagine it was assumed that I could see those qualities for myself. I wonder if I should buy that as it is or analyze it first. I warn you, I'm dangerously subtle. I think you may be at that. Would you like a drink, or are you one of those always-stick-to-business types? I'm even worse. I combine the two. I'll have scotch on the rocks. Oh, that's my drink. Well, now we found something in common. We already had something. The robbery. Yeah, you want to talk about it? Why not? I want that necklace recovered as much as you do. Yes, I understand it has a high sentimental value. Who told you that? Your fiancé. Oh. Here's your drink. Thanks. To pearls, the frozen tears from the eyes of Allah. A poetic cop. <laughs> More cynical than poetic. The man I heard call them that had just knifed a British colonial administrator and blown up a sampan with six Chinese fishermen aboard. Why? Nine pearls. He wanted them. There were 38 in that necklace of yours. 
This man, did he get away with it? Uh, not exactly. He was shot to death on the Hong Kong waterfront. This is good scotch. Yes. Another thing, Miss Crane, I am not a cop, poetic or otherwise. It amounts to the same thing, doesn't it? Well, in some ways. I'm not professionally concerned with identifying and capturing criminals and bringing them to justice. My obligations on that score are no more nor less than those of any other private citizen. So? So I'm hired by the insurance company to protect their interests. Usually that involves trying to recover stolen property or looking for evidence of insurance fraud. I'm afraid I don't quite... Sometimes I make deals, Miss Craig. Meaning exactly what? Meaning that if somebody should start something and get in over their head, I... I might listen to reason, try to work something out. A cop wouldn't. He's not permitted to. Well, that would all be very interesting, I'm sure, to the person who stole the necklace. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? What about that person, Mr. Dollar, the jewel thief who phoned the insurance company? Smiley Prell. I talked to him a couple of hours ago, briefly. Does he have the pearl? I don't know. Uh, do you mind if I have another drink? Go ahead. Oh, thanks. What do you mean, you don't know? That's why you came here, wasn't it? To meet him and get them back? He may not have them. He may just be trying to swindle the insurance company. That's not too uncommon a game, you know. No, I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. Try it every now and then. The nicest people sometimes. Just looking at you. Now, it seems to me you're taking this whole thing pretty calmly. <sighs> well, that's really a front. Inside, I'm a seating volcano. Now, look. Hey, tell me something. Why did you postpone your wedding? I didn't. Dean was the one. Now, what difference does it make? What's that got to do with it? Do you think he's changed his mind about marrying you? But suppose we leave Mr. Sellers out of it. Can't. He's already in it. He's the one who gave you the necklace in the first place, an engagement gift. Has he called off the engagement, Miss Crane? He hasn't, and he won't, regardless of any rumors you may hear to the contrary. Now, does that answer your question? More or less. Then suppose we leave my personal life alone and talk about the robbery. That is, if you're at all interested in it. Where is the safe, Miss Crane? Safe? Oh, that the necklace was in. There, behind that painting. Do you want to see it? If you don't mind. All right. You and your uncle live here alone, as I understand it. My maid, of course, Betty. Well, there's the safe. I doubt if you'll find any fingerprints or anything. The police spent hours on it. That's a real old-fashioned one. Our family's been around quite a while, Mr. Dollar. Wouldn't be much of a job for a professional safecracker. You mean even without the combination? Even without. How did the thief get into the house? Force a window somewhere, a door? No, but a key, I guess. You see, it happened in the afternoon. I'd gone out. Uncle Phineas was out somewhere, as usual. The house was empty at the time. What about your maid? Betty, well... After I left, she decided to go into town to do some shopping or something. <laughs> they couldn't possibly have picked a better time. Apparently not. Would you like to look around the house? No, no, thanks. I've got a pretty complete story from the police reports. Mostly I came out here to take a look at you. And what's your verdict? Maybe I'll do better with Smiley Prell. Meeting him later. Oh. And is he going to produce the necklace? I don't know. He talked about a double cross. Said he might give me more than I was bargaining for. He was pretty upset. Why? I don't know. Well, incidentally, Mr. Dollar, 
There's someone else you'll no doubt be talking to, and I want to warn you about him. Who's that? Uncle Phineas. Of course, he means all right. Is he headstrong and impulsive, too? He makes up things sometimes, but he's, well, just a little bit vague. Balmy, you mean? Mr. Dollar, with people of our class, it's referred to as eccentric. I'm sure you understand. I left the house filled with understanding and with some brand new questions about the cranes that needed still more understanding. The lowering storm clouds had brought an early dusk and it was nearly dark when I reached open the door of my car. Then suddenly I caught a flash of white at the corner of the coach house. Somebody had seen me and tried to duck out of sight. I walked quickly across the driveway and moved quietly up to the corner of the building. How are you, Betty? Mr. Dollar. Can I help you with that? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, I was just going to burn some trash. Well, let me put it in the incinerator for you. Here. No, please. Sure you sorted these papers? There seems to be something heavy here. Betty? Uh, let me have it, please. You won't understand. Why, Miss Crane thought I was very understanding. Betty? Uh, you'd better run on. She sounds impatient. I'll, I'll take care of this. No, please. You'll only... Oh! I watched her disappear into the shadows running toward the house. Then I unwrapped the package she'd been trying to hide in the incinerator. It was a 32 caliber revolver, and one chamber had been fired. Recently. our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a strange disappearance, a grim cry in the night, and a quarry is run to earth in room 313. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Betty, Mr. Dollar. Betty... Miss Crane's maid. I'm the one who... Well... Oh, yeah. What can I do for you, Betty? Have you told anyone about it? The gun? No, not yet. Thank heaven. Do you still have it? What do you think I'd do? Bury it somewhere? Look, Mr. Dollar... No, you look. Somebody's used this gun, used it recently. Who was it? You? No, I never saw it before. Then why were you trying to hide it in the incinerator? I was scared. I didn't know what I was doing. Is it your gun? I found it. Where? Please. Is it tied in with the theft of Miss Crane's necklace? I don't know anything about it, about, about anything. I, I just know I'm in trouble. You've got to help me, Mr. Dollar. Please. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cranesburg, Ohio. To the Home Office Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the crane matter. Expense account continued. <laughs> Item seven, $3.10 for a bad steak and worse coffee in the hotel dining room. But it didn't matter much. I had to rush it anyway with one eye on my watch. I was meeting jewel thief Swanny Prell at his rooming house at 9 o'clock. 
And Melba Crane's maid, Betty, was coming here to the hotel at 10, providing she could slip away from the house. The schedule was tightening up on me, but I still hadn't seen hide nor hair of the stolen necklace. That is, if hide nor hair can apply to a string of match pearls insured for $20,000. North Oak Street was in a lost and forgotten corner of town, dark and nearly deserted at this hour of the evening. The rooming house, a ramshackle frame built flush to the sidewalk, seemed to wait for me, brooding and silent. There were no names on the letterboxes, no sign of an office. I tried the front door. It was open. Room six was the number Smiley had given me. I walked down the long hall, studying the numbers on the doors for the dim light from a single bulb at the far end. Four, five, six. I heard the barest hint of movement behind the door, then silence. I reached down quietly and turned the knob. The door was unlocked. I took a deep breath and then went in fast. Oh, what the devil? Take it easy, Mac. All right, hold it now until I find the light switch. Well? Well, I'll be. Mr. Dark. Aren't you a little out of your territory, Mr. Crane? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Sit down before you shake your teeth loose. I beg your pardon, sir. Don't mention it. If I may remind you who you're talking you to. You don't have to remind me. You're Phineas P. Crane, uncle of Miss Melba Crane, who had a pearl necklace stolen from her. You're one of the last two surviving members of the Crane family who founded Crane. Mr. Goddard, I... And I have just caught you prowling the room of a known professional jewel thief. Now sit down. Uh... I can explain this, sir. Yeah, I hope so. I suppose our host isn't home. There's no one else here. Was the door unlocked? Or were you equipped with a set of keys? I beg your pardon. Again? You're the most polite burglar I've ever tagged. This is not the way it seems, I assure you. All right, now you've assured me. Convince me. Uh, I came to ask some questions of the gentleman who lives here. Do you know him? Certainly not. It's hardly likely that I'd be acquainted with a person of his type. Oh, I don't know. He's a jewel thief. Your niece had a necklace stolen ten days ago. It kind of adds up in a way. Oh, it does. Now, are you accusing me of complicity? I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just trying to find out what you were doing hiding here in Smiley Prell's room. I... I came here to talk to you. What about? But the reasons are personal, Mr. Dollar. Then you did know him. No, I... I... I knew he lived here. Because I, I followed him one day. I, I didn't know his name. I didn't know he was a jewel thief. Until you said so just a moment ago. Well, come on, you know. It seems rather odd. Yeah, well, that's one way of putting it. Now, you'd understand if I were in a position to explain. That might be a good idea if you got in that position, in view of the circumstances. I simply cannot. And I do not believe your capacity is such that you can force me to. You're quite right. But the police might handle it somewhat differently. Oh, I doubt it very much. My grandfather founded this town. <laughs> they remember that here. A matter of pulling rank. Oh, I think they'd lean toward believing any reasonable story that I might give them. A story like that is reasonable only as long as there's no actual evidence to disprove it. Oh, is that so? And you have such evidence? Not yet. But I think I will be for long. Oh. <laughs> then I'll have to deal with that eventuality when and if it happens. Who are you trying to protect, Mr. Crane? I... 
I don't know what you mean. Why did you follow Smiley? Because I saw him under rather unusual circumstances. Before or after the robbery? Both. Well, uh, after. Yes, when I followed him. When was that? Tonight? Uh, no, that was several days. But did I... Did you expect him to be here tonight? Or were you counting on his room being empty? I did not come here to commit burglary. May I remind you, sir? Oh, yeah, I know. You're Phineas P. Crane, and you and your niece are the tip-top aristocrats on the local totem pole. Also, I happen to know your flat. I beg I imagine $20,000 worth of insurance would look pretty good to you. I am not a thief. People have an odd moral sense sometimes. A lot of them seem to think insurance fraud is not quite the same as actual theft. I do not happen to be one of those persons, Mr. Dodd. What about your niece? Uh, Well, that necklace was given to her as an engagement gift by the man she's going to marry. And I'm sure its value to her is much more than the amount of the insurance. Maybe, and maybe not. You did tell me this afternoon that she's headstrong, impulsive. Oh, yes, but I I did not mean to imply so. All right, Mr. Crane. I imagine you'll be around when I want you. You're not the kind of man who runs away. So for the moment, play it your way. Cover up and hide behind the family name. But sooner or later, you're going to have to talk it out with somebody. Either with me or someone else. Am I free to go now? (laughs) Sure. Sure, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you want to stick around and wait for Smiley. Well, I doubt whether there's much point in that now. Under the circumstances. Good night, sir. Keep cool, Mr. Crane. I shall make every effort to... As soon as Crane left, I made a quick search of the room and found nothing. Smiley evidently traveled light and lived light. There was hardly any sign he was even living in the place. I gave it up as a bad job, finally, closed the door behind me and drove back to my hotel. I was starting to see a faint gleam of daylight in the case, but I couldn't quite figure how Phineas Crane fit into it. And unfortunately, I was in no position to push him very hard, since technically I had no more right in that room than he did. But all of my theories fell apart when I walked through the door of my hotel room. Come right in, son. Have a seat. Thanks. One of us could be in the wrong room, of course. Not if your name's Dollar. Oh, I wasn't questioning my presence, Mr. Uh... You know a fellow named Smiley Prell? Well, I know who he is. Got business with him, have you? Maybe. Do I uh, have any with you? My name's Durham, Mr. Dollar. Ed Durham. Oh. Well, it's a little late, Mr. Durham, so if you don't mind. I'm chief of police here in Cranesburg. Oh. Well, maybe it's not as late as I thought. Found your name with this fellow Prell that wrote it down, along with your room number here at the hotel. Ah, careless of Kind of helpful, though. You a friend of yours? Uh, No, no, I'd hardly call him that. Oh, I don't see any point holding out on you, Chief Durham. Here are my credentials. I'm an insurance investigator working on that crane robbery. You don't say. Smiley Prell is a jewel thief. Two previous convictions. He phoned the insurance company in Hartford and wanted to talk a deal. I flew in here this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, these seem to be in order, all right. Thanks. I had an appointment to meet Prell this evening in his rooming house at 9 o'clock, but he didn't show. Reckon he wasn't in much shape to, Mr. Dollar. What do you mean? Prell got himself shot four or five hours ago. Shot? Yeah. Real shot. Matter of fact, he's dead. Murder? Kind of looks that way. Found him in a back alley behind the city park. Must have happened sometime this afternoon. 
You wouldn't know anything about it, would you, Mr. Dollar? I don't know. I might. You know what kind of a gun was used to kill him? Thirty-two revolver, according to the boys in ballistics. Uh, hold on to your hat. I may have it right here. Uh, don't bother looking under the mattress, Mr. Dollar. What? I already found it. Yep, got it right here. You're pretty cagey, aren't you? Wasn't sure how to figure you. Reckon you're all right, though, or you'd have kept your mouth shut. Oh, thanks. How'd you come by it? I took it away from Melba Crane's housemate, a girl named Betty. Yeah, I know who she is. It was some time between 6.30 and 7 this evening. I caught her trying to hide it in the incinerator. You don't say. It's been fired, as you undoubtedly noticed. You might have it checked through, but I don't imagine it's registered. It's registered, all right. Oh? We don't have many guns around here. I recognize this one right off. Belongs to Phineas Crane. What? Add up to anything, Mr. Dollar? Not the way I've been adding. It's got me stumped, too. I, uh... I don't suppose you found that necklace on Smiley Prowl's body. No, not a sign of it. You figure, then, this murder is tied up some way with that robbery? What else is it to figure? What about these cranes, Chief? Just who are they? What are they? Well, they're an old line family. Just two of them left now, Phineas and Melba. Not as wealthy as they used to be, maybe. Milton Borkley at the bank told me the same thing. Funny thing about that, though. Lately, at least, old Phineas seems to have plenty of cash to jingle together. How lately? Now, not just since the robbery, if that's what you mean. It's longer than that. Last four or five months. Well, that checks, too, with what Bortley said. You got some idea they planned that robbery, Mr. Dollar? Oh, I don't know. I've got no evidence of it, if that's what you're asking. How do Phineas and Melba get along together? Well, they're kind of like royalty here, you know. They're pretty much to themselves. And if they do have any trouble, it's never heard outside the house. Uh-huh. What do you know about Melba's fiancé, this Dean Sellers? Well, he's been here about eight months. Seems to be a pretty nice fellow. Civic leader and all that. Everybody in town thought it was just fine when they got engaged. Figured they was meant for each other. Well, he certainly goes in for lavish gifts. A necklace with 38 match pearls is credit. Expecting somebody. Yeah, quiet, sir. Who is it? Betty, let me in, Mr. Dollar. Oh, just a minute. She phoned earlier, wants the gun back. Maybe you'd better listen in for the bathroom. Good idea. Let me get set. Okay, right. Come in, Betty. Thank you. I've got to have it back, Mr. Dollar. Have what back? The gun you were trying to hide in the incinerator this evening? Yes, of course. You mean this one? Oh, yes. Please, Mr. Dollar. Somebody's trying to get me into trouble. Who? I don't know. I found that gun. That's the truth. Found it where? Hidden in a drawer in my room out at the crane. Who put it there? I don't know. I don't know. When I saw it, I got scared. I was trying to get rid of it when you stopped me. And now, tonight on the radio, it says a man's been shot. Did you know him? No. You know whose gun this is? I don't know anything about it. Oh, give it to me, please. I'd like to, Betty. But I'm afraid things aren't that simple. What do you mean? All right, Chief. It's all yours. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a castle crumbles. Cupid goes to jail. And a lovely iceberg thaws a bit. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. 
Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Dean Sellers, Mr. Dollar. You may recall meeting me this afternoon at... Yes, you're Miss Crane's fiancé. What's on your mind, Mr. Sellers? Uh, I'm downstairs in the hotel lobby. I'd like to come up and talk to you, if I could. Well, I was just on the point of leaving for the police station. Oh, then you know about Betty. Yes. As a matter of fact, Chief Durham arrested her here in my room. What? I said she was arrested. I know, but what was she doing there? I had the gun that was used to murder Smiley Prell. She wanted it back. What do you mean, wanted it back? Why all the interest in this girl, Mr. Sellers? Well, I... Is it just because you happen to be engaged to the woman she works for? Well, yes, you might say that, no, that's not it at all. I've got to talk to you. All right. I'll meet you in the hotel bar in five minutes. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dalton. Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cranesburg, Ohio. To the Home Office Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Cranesburg matter. Expense account continued. <laughs> Item 10, $2.75 for three brandies straight. One for me and two for Dean Sellers. Newcomer to Cranesburg, man about town, and fiancé of local socialite Melba Crane. The man who'd given her the pearl necklace that had been stolen from the safe in her home. It had supposedly been an engagement gift, yet now Sellers was flipping his lid because Melba's maid was in a jam. I remembered the scene in the Crane sunroom earlier in the afternoon, and Dean Sellers remembered it too. When you walked up on the porch at the Crane Estate and saw Betty and me in each other's arms, you, uh, well, uh... I thought the obvious, naturally. Yeah, I figured as much. That's why I tried to cover up when I talked to you afterward. You didn't have to, Mr. Sellers. I kind of wrote it off as just another bachelor having a fling before he settled down. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it uh, at first. So? So? Didn't work out that way. How did it work out? And I finally realized I was in love with Betty. I see. I know it may sound corny, but it happens to be true. Does Melba Crane know about it? No. Or at least I don't think she does. Well, what did she think when you broke off your engagement? Oh, I haven't actually broken it off. I, I just uh, postponed it. I told her I was loaded with work and we'd have to wait a while. And she accepted that? Oh, she seemed to. Can't be sure about Melba, though. She's a cool one. Plays her cards close. Yeah, well, most women are pretty cool when they suspect somebody is poaching on their own private preserve. She may have suspected, but I don't think she could have known anything for sure. Betty and I haven't always been as careless as we were this afternoon. Well, what about the pearls? Were you intending to ask Melba to give them back? I didn't really know what to do, Mr. Dollar. 
$20,000 is a lot of money. On the other hand, I gave them to her as an engagement gift. It seemed kind of rough to ask for them back after breaking the engagement on her. Do you think she'd have returned them if you had asked her? Well, I suppose so. Because it didn't go that far. Before I could make up my mind what to do, the necklace was stolen. And this afternoon, the man who claimed he stole it was murdered. Betty had nothing to do with that. You could be prejudiced, Mr. Sellers. I know her, I tell you. How well? Well enough that I'm planning to marry her. That's what I mean. All right. But that doesn't mean I'm completely blind about her. Somebody's trying to frame that girl. Who, for instance? I don't know. And for what reason? I don't know that either. But I do know one thing. When she says she knows nothing about it, she's telling the truth. I admire loyalty myself, Mr. Sellers, but there are a lot of facts against her. What facts? As you probably know, when I caught her with that gun out of the crane place and took it away from her, she was trying to hide it in the incinerator. All right. What's that prove? She found it hidden in a room and she was trying to get rid of it. Well, a lot of people, if they were innocent, might have gone to the police with it. Uh, she got scared. That's all. She, she lost her head. Uh, maybe. But that's not all that's against her. There are other things. A kind of pattern. What thing? That safe at the crane house was opened during the one hour of the day that everybody was out somewhere. Including Betty, if you remember. So she claimed. And she probably was. I'm not saying she actually committed the theft. She couldn't have. No one except Melba and her uncle Phineas knows the combination to that safe. No, no. I think Smiley Prell actually did the job. An old-fashioned safe like that would be a cinch for a pro of his talents. Then how do you think of Betty as being involved? Smiley had to know when to do it. And he had to get into the house. There were no locks forced. So he must have had a key. Oh, of course. Uh, the maid must have helped him. Not necessarily. But it sure does add up. And then Smiley Prell was murdered, shot. Are you claiming she did that too? She was in possession of the gun that killed him. She was caught trying to get rid of it. But why? Why would she kill him if they were in on it together? Well, as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago... $20,000 is a lot of money. Maybe she wanted a whole necklace, not a half of one. You don't know her, that's all. No, no, you're right. But I do know what the facts seem to point to. Circumstantial evidence, nothing else. True. And not only that, but it leaves you hanging right up in the air. What do you mean? That pearl necklace. Now, there's a fact for you to swallow. As I understand it, the police haven't found it. That's right. It wasn't on Prell's body, and they didn't find it on Betty. If she killed him to get it, where is it? I don't know. Well, if she's arraigned for this, the prosecuting attorney had better know. Because without it, he won't even have a case. I'm quite aware of that, Mr. Sellers. I left him standing there, belligerent and despondent. Drove across town to the police station. It was late by then, and Cranesburg had pretty well folded up for the night. Well, that was fine with me. Fewer people I saw at the moment, the better. I felt about as low as Sellers did. Because I was starting to get a hunch that this one might turn out messy. That no matter how it might end, some average decent people were bound to get hurt. It's like that sometimes, when there's been a murder. Chief of Police Durham looked like he was expecting. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Thanks, Chief. You, uh... Planning to spend the night here? Nope. I'm about to give up. Going home in a few minutes. I've been trying to get a statement from that girl. Any luck? Depends on how you mean it. She's willing to talk, all right. Answers anything we ask her. But not the way you want her to answer, is that it? She won't budge an inch away from that same story. Says she found the gun hidden in her room, was scared because of the robbery last week, and tried to get rid of it. What about Smiley Prell? 
Claims the first she heard of him was that bulletin on the radio telling about his murder. That's when she got panicky and came to the hotel to get the gun back. And that's all she knows about it, huh? So she claims. He couldn't budge her on it. Uh-huh. You still haven't found any trace of the necklace? Nope. And without it, I doubt if the DA will even issue a complaint. Yeah. The same possibility was raised by someone else a few months ago. Well, who was that? Dean Sellers, the fellow who gave the pearls to Miss Crane in the first place. How come he's getting into it? Well, it appears that love has reared its head. He's frowning in the mouth over this girl's arrest. Claims she's being framed. He could be right, Mr. Dollar. I know. It beats me. Man just don't know where to start with a mess like this one on his hands. I think I'm beginning to get some idea of where to start. How do you mean? Look, I've got a photograph here from the insurance files. Take a look. It's a photo of that necklace. I see. I was wondering, Chief Durham, do you know of any jeweler here in Cranesburg who could make a duplicate of that, a skillful imitation? No. No, I'm afraid you'll have to go into Cincinnati for that. Be the closest place, at least. No, no, I don't want a duplicate made. I want to know whether somebody did go into Cincinnati for that purpose some four or five months ago. Well, it might take a while to find out. How much of a while? Well, not too long, with a little luck. I could get Jim Markley in here. Markley? He's a local jeweler. He could take this photograph, give them a technical description over the phone. Done things like that for us before. Good. Yeah, might have something back for you by tomorrow afternoon. The sooner the better. Yeah. Now call Jim and ask him to come down. One other thing, Chief. Yeah? I've already phoned Hartford and started them to work on this, but we may get faster results if you move in on it from this end. All right. What is it you want? I want a tracer put on Dean Sellers. I see. A complete rundown. He's been here for eight months. What did he do before that? Where did he come from? Where did he get the necklace? Who are his friends? What's his financial status? Anything you can get. I, uh, I don't quite see what you're aiming at, Mr. Dollar. I'm not quite sure I do. It was after midnight, and there was nothing more I could do until the next day except drive back to my hotel and sag in for the night. It was a good, sensible, conservative intention, and I managed to carry it to the point of taking off my tie and unbuttoning my shirt. The night manager had been pretty upset earlier when Betty Jackson came to my room and then left under arrest. I don't know what he thought when I had my second female visitor. Well, good evening, Miss Crane. Could I have a word with you, Mr. Dollar? Sure, why not? Come on in. Thank you. I guess it's a little indiscreet of me to come here like this. Oh, why so? Well, after all, this is Cranesburg, and when one has to maintain a sort of position in town, well, I'm sure you understand. Oh, perfectly. How about a drink? What? Drink. P-R-I-N-K. I even happen to have two clean glasses. I'm afraid you have the wrong impression, Mr. Dowd. Why so? It's good cognac. The best, in fact. Won't do a bit of harm to your uh, position. Make it a double if you want. Check. May I ask you what has happened to cause you to throw discretion to the winds in this mad fashion, Miss Craig? I felt there was something I ought to make clear to you concerning Dean, my fiance. I see. Here you go. Thank you. I believe you talked to him this evening, didn't you? Briefly, yes. Then you know, of course, that he's taking up for this girl, trying to defend what she did. He did seem to have something like that in mind. I also think you may have observed a little tableau in the sunroom when you came to the house this afternoon. Oh, now, look, Miss Crane. 
I'm quite aware of the situation. I've observed a few of those things myself. I'm not a complete fool, you know. Why are you telling me all this? The reason should be obvious. I'm dense. I can only understand what I actually hear. What I mean is, it should be rather apparent that any alibi Dean might supply in a noble attempt to save this poor innocent girl should not be given too much credence. Because he might be prejudiced in her favor? Is there any doubt of it? The glass is empty. Like another one? Oh, I don't believe I should. Thanks. Aren't you a little prejudiced, Miss Crane, against the girl? Very likely, under the circumstances. Am I to take it, then, that you're on her side, too? I am on the side of the Tri-State Guarantee Company. And if you remember, they're out $20,000 on a necklace that was stolen. I'm here to get it back, that's all. I think I'd better go. I shouldn't have come here at all. Whatever you think. Oh, by the way, has Uncle Phineas talked to you yet? We passed the time of day. That's all? Well, we didn't have much time. The circumstances were a little unusual. And you've probably been spared some of his wilder imagining. I wouldn't count on that. What do you mean? Sit down, Miss Crane. Finish your drink. We haven't even started to talk. Now, here's our star to tell you about the final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a bomb drops, the timid run for cover, and all is not as it seems. Not even murder. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Good afternoon, sir. This is Phineas Crane. How are you, Mr. Crane? Highly perturbed, sir. Now, what's bothering you? My generation used to call it conscience. I want to talk to you, Mr. Dollar. Well, that's quite a change, isn't it, from your attitude last night? There have been a number of changes since last night. I can't bear the thought of that girl being imprisoned. She doesn't like it too much herself. All right, what's on your mind? I'd prefer not to discuss it over the telephone. Then you'll have to hold your horses. I'm waiting here for a call from Hartford. And some information from the police. It might be the same information I'm ready to give you, sir. I don't think so. You should have talked last night, Mr. Crane. I might have been willing then to make a deal of some kind. And now? No deal. I can guess what happened to the necklace. 
And as far as the rest of it's concerned, I never make deals on murder. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cranesburg, Ohio, to the Home Office, Tri-State Guarantee Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Cranesburg matter. Expense accounts, final page. Item 13, $28.65. Phone calls to Cincinnati and Cleveland and two prepaid calls to Hartford. The wheels were spinning now, and I spent most of the day just sitting back and waiting. Toward late afternoon, Police Chief Ed Durham phoned, then Hartford, and then Durham again. And finally, the three black bars dropped into place, and the payoff was jackpot. Item 14, $10.50, second day's rental on hired car. I left the hotel just before dark and drove out through the north edge of town to the Crane Estate. When I'd gone out there the day before, I'd been mostly guessing, playing hunches. But this time, I knew pretty much what I wanted and just how to go about getting it. I thought the place deserted as I walked up the long arbor from the carriage house. But as I stepped out onto the terrace, I realized I was wrong. Mr. Dollar, over here. In here, please. Hurry. Why all the secrecy, Mr. Crane? I wanted to talk to you alone. I rather doubted whether I would be able to... If it were known that you were here. Able to or permitted to? Well, that's what I meant, sir. Permitted. Who would stop you, Mr. Crane? Well, that, you might say, is part of the story. A story I didn't tell you last night. Why not? Why didn't you tell me? I still thought then I might be able to save things. And you don't think so now? I'm afraid not. It's too late. You know too much about it now. What were you doing in Smiley Pearl's room when I found you last night? Looking for the necklace. I told you that. Did you know then he'd been murdered? No, no, I wouldn't have had the nerve to go there if I had. And there wouldn't be of any use of going. That's when I realized it was all over, when I heard Mr. Prell had been killed. Dishonesty is one thing, but murder is something else again. You're so right. Of course, it wasn't dishonest at first. It was all quite legal in the beginning. But not later. No, no, not later. I was against that. Not that I'm claiming any virtue for it. Probably it was just cowardice. Mr. Dollar, be as easy on her as you can. I'm afraid it won't be in my hands. I suppose not. These things are always done so impersonally by institutions created for that purpose. Rightfully, no doubt. But one occasionally wonders. There's something I wonder about sometimes, Mr. Crane. You refer to human greed. That's true. There's no real excuse for us, my niece and me. Reasons, yes. An inherited social position and way of life. And declining wealth to support them. We're soft people, Mr. Dollar. And when life gets hard, we, we look for a soft way out. And that usually turns out to be the hard way. She'll find it so, I imagine. 
For me, it doesn't really matter. How did you get into onto Smiley Prell? How did you know he was the one who robbed your son? I was just guessing. Until you told me yesterday that he was a professional jewel thief. That he phoned the insurance company and claimed to have the necklace. But before that, when you were guessing, how did you know about him? What reason did you have to guess? I'd seen him hanging around the estate here twice. The week before the robbery and when I saw him again afterward. Talking to his uh, contact, uh, I guess you'd call it. His employer fits the facts better. I suppose so. Anyway, I put two and two together and I followed Prell. I found out where he lived. Did the employer know you'd done this? No, no, hardly. I doubt that I'd be sitting here talking to you. Oh, not that it matters, since you probably know more of the details than I do. All right, Uncle Sidney. That's quite enough. Melba. That was a very quiet entrance, Miss Crane. Wasn't it intentional? I didn't know you were here until I heard voices. Uncle Phineas, would you mind leaving us alone? It's too late, my dear. I think time is about to run out on all of us. Aided a great deal, I presume, by some of your more senile imaginings. Mr. Dollar didn't really need any help. Please. Leave the two of you then to what I anticipate may be rather storm. What were you doing? Pumping him? Trying to make him say things you could twist later and use against him? No, it was more a matter of humoring him, I'd say. What's the matter, Melba? A hangover from last night? I suppose you told him that, too, that I came to your hotel to see you. No, didn't seem relevant somehow. Right. Where's your fiancé? Dean? Sure, how many have you got? Mr. Sellers is in the billiard room. Why? What do you want with him? Oh, I need just a few more facts to fill out the picture. I think he can supply them, that's all. What facts? Why have you come here? Uncle Phineas invited me. What for? He said something about wanting to clear his conscience. His mind wanders. You know that. You can't rely on anything he says. I'm not. What about the girl they arrested? Your maid, Betty? Yes, Betty. If the police are satisfied she's guilty, why aren't you? Because I was hired to find a pearl necklace that was stolen from your safe. It was insured for $20,000, remember? And I haven't found it yet. Suppose I were to withdraw the insurance claim. It's a little too late. The police would want to know why. Why? Simply because I choose to. Because I don't want any more fuss about it. Not a loss, actually. The necklace was a gift. Oh, yes, I know. An engagement present of great sentimental value from that wealthy young philanderer, Mr. Dean Sellers, who incidentally is broker than you are. What? Yeah. Got a complete rundown on him from Hartford late this afternoon. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's quite a shock, huh? Say anything just to help that girl get out of jail. Ah, you've got me mixed up with Sellers, haven't you? He's the one who rallied to her defense. Cheap little flat. I hope they convict her. Do you really believe she's the reason Sellers broke off your engagement? It wasn't broken off. It was only postponed. Well, it's like I said, Melba. A lot of surprises. By the way, I'd like to search Betty's room, if you don't mind. That's actually why I came out here. What for? That necklace. I was hired to recover it, remember? But if you think she's innocent, then why do you bother... How do you know what I think? I haven't really said, have I? No. That's true. That's quite true. <laughs> Lucky shot, Mr. Dollar. You got two on the break. Yeah. Result of a misspent youth. All right. Four ball in the corner pocket. 
Expert, huh? Oh, just lucky, like you said. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Sellers, you were right about Betty. She is She was being framed. I told you so. Yeah, she was just an innocent bystander, you might say. Even though I did find the necklace a few minutes ago, hidden in her room. Found it? Good. The cranes, though, aren't quite so innocent. The cranes? Oh. Nine ball, far side pocket. What do you mean about the cranes? They were broke, and they needed money to keep up a front. When you came to town and showed an interest in Melba, they figured you were the answer. Making Melba sound pretty cold-blooded, you know. Oh, there was no love lost. You were playing the same game. Huh? Sure, Sellers. That's the way you've always operated. Your last wife was a wealthy widow in Miami, Florida. You stayed with her for a year and a half and took her for $150,000. And all that was left of it when you came here was the $20,000 you had invested in the pearl necklace. That was your stake, and that's the way you used it, to convince Melba Crane you weren't a fortune hunter. Twelve ball in the far corner. Dollar, where did you get all this information? Police records. Then about a month ago, you broke off your engagement with Melba Crane. Why? Because I was in love with Betty. You were playing Betty for a pigeon. You backed out because you'd finally discovered that the Cranes were flat broke. I wasn't after Melba's money. Sure you were. But you wanted to get out without losing your investment, that necklace. So you brought in Smiley Prell to steal it for you. I never saw Prell in my life. Uncle Finney saw the two of you together a couple of days after the robbery. Well, he's lying. So Prell pulled the robbery. And then he told you the pearls he'd stolen were phony. You accused him of double-crossing you. He thought you were double-crossing him. Net result, he got sore and tried for a deal with the insurance company. That's why you killed him. You're accusing me of murder. That's right, Sellers. Eight ball in the end pocket. Who else, Sellers? Betty wasn't in it, except that you tried to frame her. And both the cranes knew the pearls were imitation. You were the only one who didn't. They weren't imitations. I paid $20,000 for that necklace. Not for this one. Melba sold the necklace a month after you gave it to her. They've been living on the money. She had this copy made in Cincinnati. That cheap little crook. So the pearls you killed Smiley for and then planted upstairs in Betty's room are worth about 200 bucks at the most. Something to think about it. That's right, Dollar. And so is this. Uh-oh. That's a losing game, too, Sellers. Will be for you if you try to make a move. Shoot it out with the police? Is that your answer? If it comes to that. At least I know how to use the gun. Smiley Prell to tell you. Did you steal this one from Uncle Phineas, too? Oh, no. This one's my own. Put down that pool cue and get your hands up. Slow and easy. When I go out of here... Dean, what are you doing with that? Thanks, Robo. What have you done, Mr. Dollar? Nothing that's going to make him feel very happy for the next day or so. A pool cue makes a pretty handy weapon. Why? What, what was he doing with that gun? Surprise number one. Your fiancé is the lad who had your necklace stolen and then later killed his partner. Dean? Oh, that's probably the chief of police. He was coming out to meet me. You want to let him in? Murderer. I was going to marry you. Yeah, I guess murder is a lot worse than fraud. What do you mean? You filed an insurance claim on a necklace you'd already sold. I imagine the company will want to prosecute. I... I didn't know what I was doing. You sure didn't, anywhere along the line. You were marrying Dean Sellers for the money he didn't have. And at the same time, he was trying to marry you for the money you didn't have. <laughs> Too bad it didn't work out. You two were made for each other. The police are getting impatient with this crane. 
Expense account item 15, $186.25. Incidentals in Cranesburg and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $409.10. End of account, end of report. Under separate cover, I am forwarding one necklace consisting of 38 pearls, all imitation. Approximate value, $200. Along with my sincere condolences. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the curse of an ancient king and how it affected the lives and deaths of two people. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Howard McNear, Forrest Lewis, Paul Richards, Mary Jane Croft, Virginia Gregg, James McCallion, Shirley Mitchell, and Russ Thorson. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. <laughs>